Hi, uh, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 25 of Shades of Brown. And this week, we're going to start off by talking about um, Samsung, uh, Samsung's Bixby product. Christian, can LOL you tell- Samsung, just LOL Samsung. So Bixby is uh, their Google Now slash Siri slash Cortana slash Echo competitor. Sorry, I, I was about to say uh, the A word, but my Echo is in the same room as me and I didn't want to set it off. <laughs> Maybe I should turn that off before we start recording. But so uh, it was supposed to launch before the end of spring in the US with the Samsung Galaxy S8. It's already in Korea and it just keeps on getting delayed and delayed at first. Samsung was like, we don't have enough data for English uh, for English uh, localization stuff, which is fine. And then they're like, uh, turns out <laughs> English voice recognition's hard when all of our engineers speak Korean. And then now it just turns out that everything's hard and uh, they don't know when it's shipping. But they leaked to the Wall Street Journal that they're going to, that they maybe might make a speaker, like a smart cylinder or a person in a tube, like the Echo or the um, HomePod. Right. So... Uh, Samsung's Bixby um, can't speak English yet, so they're going to plan hardware. So this is just Samsung catching up. They they saw the Apple announcement. They were like, oh, we gotta, we got to do that too. But they still don't have an actual product that they can work with, which is, which is surprising because they, the Bixby stuff is supposedly, like they bought a company called Viv that did voice stuff, like a U.S. company. Oh, no, wait, that's not integrated. That's different. Bixby's in-house. So they said so around the time they launched launch of S8. They haven't integrated any of that, um, the company they bought. None of their tech has been integrated yet. So Bixby's a different product. I think they're going to start merging it somewhere down the line. But as of right now, Bixby's its own separate entity from the company they purchased. Yeah, I hope they start merging it sooner than later before Bixby becomes completely irrelevant. And not even tech. It's already irrelevant. You can't use it. <laughs> I mean, not even tech journals will be talking about it uh, in a bit if it's not actually usable samsung's like me you know they 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 like to announce things before actually shipping yeah so samsung's has a competitor a voice assistant thing that doesn't work so that's that's basically it, it, it there's a pro there's vaporware really um there's a um a hashtag on google plus back when people used to use it it was hashtag just samsung things and this is hashtag just samsung things <laughs> yeah it's this is very very much a samsung they even like they were so confident uh, that they even put a hardware dedicated hardware button on their latest flagship phone that launches the Bixby application directly, which is, and it doesn't work for most people in in North America or whichever locales don't work yet. So most of the world. Um, so rest in peace. It died before it even arrived. Uh, dead on arrival. Uh, next, next. Uh, Next thing we're going to be talking about is Microsoft's next Windows 10 update won't include uh, two features, a timeline and pick up where I left off. All right. And so those are basically like um, if you use a Mac and uh, say, for example, you're opening an email on your iPhone and then you check the dock on your Mac and you'll see at the very right next to the finder or very left rather next to the finder icon, it's going to have the mail app icon with a a thumbnail of your iPhone and you click that and it'll open the email where you were reading at and you can continue from there. Or if you had like a, if you're drafting a new email, it'll just open the email you were drafting on your uh, computer. So 
that they're bringing out to Windows 10. You'll be able to you could hook it into Android and iOS apps, and it lets you uh, sync states and stuff between your mobile device and your actual computer that's being delayed and the other feature um timeline i believe it's that it'll take all everything can plug into cortana like if um i make an android app for say a to-do list right i can have it plug into cortana and all the other apps i'll plug into cortana and then on your desktop you'll have a scrollable view of everything you've worked on regardless of what device if i'm correct right Yes, that that's sort of the thing that they demoed a while back at Build, I think. Um, and yeah, it's not going to be shipping uh, with the fall creators update. It's not ready yet, I suppose. It's probably going to be the next update. They never they never promised anything, so it's not like they're backing off uh, a promise here. But yeah, it's not going to be shipping uh, next big update, which is which is fine. I mean, it's not really like. People were a bit excited for that feature, but I would imagine they, they want to implement it properly and not be like half-baked. Uh, yeah, that's one of those features that if it doesn't work right, people are not going to use, right? Like if they ship it and it's a little buggy and it's not consistent, then people aren't going to use it. Because what's, it'd be terrible, you know, you click the icon in the taskbar or whatever to bring up the email from your phone and it does nothing. You're just, gonna, you're just not going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's not reliable, uh, people are just going to ignore it and not use it, which is just not what Microsoft wants. So and the ne- so this is that's the Microsoft news. Uh, we're gonna we're moving fast today. We want to keep the podcast uh, short, shorter this week. Uh, the next one uh, we're gonna be doing some iPhone rumors. Next iPhone rumors. Maybe iPhone eight. Maybe iPhone seven S. Uh, iPhone X. Who knows? Who knows? What the name is? Those never leak. But so the rumors go that there are three phones currently there. So. They're what you would traditionally consider an S model. So it'd be an improvement on the seven and 7 plus and then there's a third model which is like an iphone pro which would have a more radical hardware redesign and a uh and some other changes like a smaller bezel sort of like how samsung did with the s8 and lg did with the g7 or g6 so basically um for the s model we're just going to call them the 7s and 7s plus even though it might not be their names they're going to have oled screens um, Apple's going to be taking off the home button. So we're how, how Samsung has a Galaxy S8 where it's like essentially what 3D touches, but a little more sensitive. So a dedicated spot at the bottom of the display that regardless of whatever you're doing, if you just push down on it, it'll um, throw up the Taptic engine and it'll feel like a home button press. There's no physical buttons anymore, nor is there an actual space on the device for the home button. It's just all built into the screen. And the interesting thing about this, though, is like, where where does Touch ID go, right? Yeah, so Touch ID, uh, people are saying it's going to eliminate Touch ID, which I don't actually think is true. Like, uh, they have integrated Touch ID so deep into iOS, and it has become a sort of essential feature. Like, stuff like Apple Pay uses it, you know, like, things like that. And I don't think a face unlock, which, which people are suggesting, like a face recognition software, face unlocks thing, it's going to be uh, what Apple does because that's that's not very reliable and I don't think Apple is going to be satisfied with with, be, with it being like sort of reliable and not not always reliable in, in like certain conditions and whatnot. So I don't think Touch ID is, is going to go away. It might move to the back for the device that doesn't have a front-facing front uh, button. So it might move to the back uh, like Christian suggested uh, on, the, on the Apple logo. Uh, which which would be an ideal spot for it because that's where your hand would uh, naturally go when you when you touch when you hold the phone. I think they could do um like 
a face ID sort of thing, right? We're, because right now, um, there's demos shipping in iOS 11 in the developer previews for ARKit that has a bunch of face scanning tech, right? You can build, they have sample apps where you use ARKit and CoreML in iOS 11 to be able to uh, scan individual faces and match them to a database and determine, like, is it that person, even if they're wearing sunglasses or a hat or anything like that? So, like, if they were to, say, bring that to iOS 11 and then, like, maybe, or to the next iPhone and then add, like, a depth sensing camera to the front-facing camera array, like, I feel like they would do that plus Touch ID. I don't think they're going to take away Touch ID, though, right? I think it's just going to be a fingerprint scanner on the back. But it's still interesting, though, because it's... I feel like these rumors are all getting something wrong. Like, because it's all it's uh, all from the supply chain side, right? No one, none of this is leaking from Apple itself. No, no, this is all uh, this is all from KGI securities analyst uh, Ming Chi Kuo, uh, where he made predictions. Out is that even a leak? Like, is that the rumor? Um. Well, I mean, he says they're predictions, but uh, he has sources, right? Right, right. So, like, the, the, he he calls them predictions, but he is getting his pred. He's getting his knowledge from sources in the supply okay, chain. Okay, so if it's supply chain knowledge, yeah, uh, a lot of this stuff might might not be what what's what's coming in September. And by this time, the hardware is finalized, so whatever it is, we're going to be seeing it in uh, September. So yeah, yeah. What I'm more interested about is the OLED screen, though. Yeah, OLEDs. Uh, That's going to be nice. Maybe hopefully a dark theme system wide for iOS 11. Please. Please. Since everything else has one now. Please. Well, watchOS doesn't, but watchOS is technically always in dark mode. Yeah. Please, dark dark mode for my eyes. Yeah. And then um, besides that, though, it's just more better cameras, faster hardware. Uh, probably, probably a huge focus on the GPU this year. Apple always makes faster GPUs, but I feel like because of core ML, uh, the AR kit stuff, and the virtual reality push on the Mac and Metal 2, I feel like they're going to ship some really strong graphics hardware in this year's phones. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they they're gonna need that horsepower for sure. Uh, if they're gonna push AR and VR stuff in the future, so well, that's the iPhone rumors. We, we, it's as as usual. These are all rumors, so don't take too much. Don't be like salty about like the rumor that Touch ID is gonna be gone. It's probably not. Uh, I'll probably bet on it if it's it's not gone, really. Yeah, because you need it for Apple Pay anyways. They're because they're they're agreements of banks. They're not gonna. You you can't authenticate payments for your face. No, that's just not gonna happen. Yeah, that that's just that one is that one is clearly a, a sort of a prediction that's not gonna come true, not yet anyway. So we're gonna move on from tech news to culture. Yeah, uh, we're going to some culture. So um, Jay Z dropped a new album this this week or last week actually. I bet it's already been out for a full week. Um, it's called Four Forty Four. It's very good, but I just want to talk about uh, the distribution method for a minute because LOL title. <laughs> yeah, so let, let's 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 talk about that. So the album is currently uh, exclusive to the title streaming service. Though it may be hitting Apple Music and Spotify next week. I heard some some rumblings about that on Twitter. Maybe yeah, but for now it's it's exclusive to title and exclusive. Even if you sign up for title, even if you sign up for title. You cannot listen to it because you must be a Sprint subscriber. You would have you had to have signed up for Title the night before the album came out because if now if you sign up for Title, it'll tell you that you can only listen to this album if you are if you have Sprint as your phone service. And as someone who actually likes phone service, you know, and actually getting reception, I'm not going to use Sprint. Also, also, um, 
it's it's kind of funny to me because if I, I've heard a lot of things about Sprint's network being really bad, and uh, I would imagine you can't really stream lossless music on a bad network. Uh, so it's kind of you know, well, obviously this is all about the money. This is this is not really anything that benefits consumers. This is very obviously a consumer unfriendly. So that's unfortunate. But you can still get the album uh, with the, with the code Sprint. Uh, and a USIP, and how you get that USIP is up to you. I'm not going to mention how you do that, but you, you can do it. But uh, you, you think, though, you think that uh, we'd be playing Jay, right? No, 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 no. This album went platinum. All those Sprint codes, those counted as purchases because Sprint was footing the bill. Oh, so... So we played ourselves. We made this album go platinum by thinking we were getting a free download of it. Oh, when I when I figured when I saw that when I saw that it went platinum and someone pointed out that the Sprint codes were all counted as actual purchases, I was like, "We played ourselves." Uh, I imagine Sprint is not very happy about that uh, because they're paying for it. I mean, it was part of their deal. They paid for the exclusive one. They probably paid for the album copies as well. I don't know. There's probably some sort of business deal where they they wanted it anyways. I don't know. It's just basically though, we made. Jay's album go platinum without even paying for it, and we played ourselves. We thought we were. That is, it's <laughs> that is a. You know what? You know what? Jay Z props like that. That is that is fucking genius. That that is business. That is like some clever ass shit. That is that is good. That's smart as hell. Uh, you make money even though no, like we didn't actually pay you. You just made money another way, which is which is fantastic. Uh, right, but uh, back, now to the actual actual album um it begins with the first track kill jay-z which i think is probably one of my next to damn it's one of the best album openers i've heard all year Mm -hmm, definitely it's it's a track about uh jay-z talking to his talking about his ego uh so kill jay-z in this case means kill jay-z's ego uh and he's talking in sort of like a second person uh perspective narrative uh so there, there's some been drama about this uh a couple lines in this in this uh in this track uh you you gave him 20 million without blinking he gave you 20 minutes on stage fuck was he thinking so this line is about this this few lines is about uh kanye west's uh saint pablo tour uh where yeah when you uh where he had his uh he had a breakdown the night after or the night of and on stage he uh kind of went to a 20 minute rant yelling about like Jay-Z playing him and going off on Drake and then uh putting in support for Trump for the election it was a very it was it was Kanye was Kanye hasn't been out in public since then um it's been very you could tell some something was going on with him he wasn't he wasn't acting right that night yeah yeah, definitely. Uh, some some something's up well, over there. I hope he's doing all right. But yeah, that, that there's a lot of like R slash hip hop heads, a lot of you know threads about beef and whatnot. And I don't think that's what this is. This I, th- I think this is really just a sort of a very uh, sort of disagreement, like a sort of breakdown of a friendship here. I don't think it's it's as well. I think this is Jay sort of breaking down the walls in general, right? Like so. There's um, it's the whole theme of this album, right? Where it's just kind of like, it's he's pointing out, like he's he's tearing down the wall of or the stigma that it's not okay to ask for help, right? Because in this whole entire song, there's references to talking to a therapist. There's references to 
taking down any sort of emotional walls you put up to push people out of your life and just trying to let them in and open up because killing your own ego and killing the um the uh, negative emotions that prevent you from from having genuine conversations with people right it's just all of that and that's why it's such a strong opener because it's him basically saying he has to do it he doesn't like you you had no father you had armor but you got a daughter you have to get softer right like it's saying like if you want to be a good father if you want to be a good person then any then then the armor that you put up or the walls you put up that got you to where you are are no longer working for you and sure it might have worked when you know people were out you're trying to hustle on the street or you were just trying to be ruthless and make some money. But when you get to the top or when you get to a place of higher success and it's no longer needed or no longer necessary. Right. So yeah, this is, this is sort of like Jay-Z, like this is, this album really feels like sort of like a sort of like, like it's introspective uh, look at his sort of state uh, as, as it is right now. Like what he, what he thinks about the music industry, what he thinks about himself, what he thinks about his family. Uh, what he thinks about his friends. It's 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 a very introspective album in that way. Uh, the production. I want to talk about the production for a bit. Uh, produced uh, wholly mostly by uh, No ID, and it is it's so good. It's very sample heavy, but it's extremely extremely good. The production is on point. Like as a whole, I think it's great. But uh, there's like specific songs that are really good, right? So like. Uh, I want to talk about like the story of OJ, the second track on the album. That Nina Simone sample is really, really hitting. And what I like about this album is that the it's not afraid to be slow, right? It's Jay isn't afraid to slow down the tempo and to just ride over a beat for a little bit, rather than um, just giving you hard, fast-paced bars like you know, sixteen bars, eight bars, or whatever. He's he's not afraid to slow it down, perverse. And just let his words give him more space and let him sit, which I think is really good. It's it's interesting, right? So like, there's you have albums where I think well, I think this whole album is is more substance than it is like astonishment, right? Like Kendrick spoke about this on the Heart Part Four, the uh, teaser track to Damn. Like this whole entire album, it's it's short, but. This every single song, there is not a lyric that is that wasn't placefully uh, or carefully placed. There isn't a bar that is that's just a throwaway, right? Like the story of OJ, what it's less than maybe like a hundred words or two hundred words for the entire song, right? But the message is so strong. The message of it doesn't matter what, what shade you are, you're still you ain't shit to to the people in power. And you want to go throw all your money out in a club. You want to go stunt. What's the point of living rich if you're going to die broke? The, there's, there is one anti-Semitic line in the song, which is uh, distasteful. Uh, it's, it's in the interlude. It's in the same one. It's, it's in the same bar where he's like, you know, you want to you know what's more important than throw away money at a strip club? Getting credit for yourself. And then he makes a line about Jews owning all the property in America, which is really weird because Jay pushed, put out a video uh, God, I think it must have been 10 years ago, like talking about how anti-Semitism is essentially racism, but just in a different form. So it's it's strange for him to... So I think this is like, I don't think he meant to be anti-Semitic, but that, it's, it's still problematic. It does come off, it does come off as anti-Semitic, but I don't think that was the intention uh, in this particular line. 
but yes, yeah, he, I don't think he meant it as a derogatory term, but it, it's still, the connotation is still there. So that's, that's that. Uh, I just want to talk about the track Smile for a bit. I think that one is, that one. Oh my God. It's, it's, I it's think, so who, good. who's Gloria Carter? Gloria is, uh, Gloria Carter is his mom. So Gloria Carter is the, the, the poem that's read at the end is his mother. Mm-hmm. Right. And that poem is, is both very sad and very happy at the same time. It's, it's really something. Uh, this whole entire talk, song is bittersweet and I love it. Yeah. It's, it's talking about like being in the closet and uh, sort of like not being who you are and things like that. You know, like it's, it's really, uh, there's no filler in this album. That's like what you, as you mentioned earlier, like there's no filler. There's just, it's just, one song after another is just hitting it hard. Uh, so yeah, smile is fantastic. Uh, you want to talk about any any of the other tracks? Well, I actually let me. I'm gonna talk about smile for a minute more because like I don't. It's it's this. It's a Stevie Wonder sample, right? Um, where it's Good Morning, Evening Friends, like that, and how it's flipped is just so. It's so good. It's like one of those tracks that make you feel some kind of way, even though like. You don't really ex- relate to all the lyrics, right? Like, like I don't know. When, like, when he started talking about his relationship with his mom and the message and all that and the poem at the end, like, I got a little teary-eyed. And I don't know. Like, it was, it's just some real shit. And I, I respect this song. It's, it's regardless of, like, good or bad times, just smile. And I don't, it's just, it's just, I just love the sample. I, Stevie Wonder is great and how they flipped it is great. And especially when they just let it sit a little higher in the mix when his mom's um, reading the poem at the end of the track is absolutely beautiful. And um, it's just all, it's all great. But uh, another song I do want to talk about is Family Feud with that Beyonce sample. Oh, <laughs> it's, I, Oh my god, it's beautiful. Yeah, this this is just this this track is about uh like new rappers like fighting uh and disrespecting um uh, like older rap old old heads as it were uh rappers, you know, like it's it's just like put aside your differences and you know stand together as as uh for the culture uh as it were. Um and yeah, those Beyonce vocals are fantastic. It's lovely. It's just, it's so good. And then there's, um, I don't think it might have been this track, or it actually might have been Story of OJ. There's one of the tracks that has a, there's a line about where I'm from, putting money to your ear on Instagram, ain't, ain't being rich. And like on Twitter, Future posted a picture of himself being on, on Instagram with a block of 100, it's like put up to his ear like a phone. And all I see in the comments are people saying, I guess you ain't listening to Uncle Jay. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> y'all on the gram, uh, holding money to your ear, there's a disconnect. We don't call that money over here. Yeah. So there's also a line about people ripping his uh, stuff from Title, which I felt was. Uh, you thought, but I mean, you thought it was ripping it from Title, but we got him platinum, right? <laughs> we, we we weren't ripping it from Title. He won. He's the one. He got a platinum album in a week. We played ourselves, as DJ Khaled would say. Also, uh, yeah. Also, the uh, track uh, Moonlight, which is obviously a reference to the. Oscar, Oscar when I still haven't watched it, but I have to at this point. Uh, twenty sixteen Oscar winning film, very good movie, uh, and the sample it flips on it. It's the line where it says, "We stuck in La La Land, even when we win, we gonna lose." So that line, that two lines, it's it's just like it's also it's making a point about that Oscar thing. Like we know uh, how Moonlight got the Oscar, but like they announced 
like La La Land made like a mistake. Uh, but it's also talking about like how black people, like even when they win, they lose. So, you know, like it's like a double sort of message going on there, double entendre. Yeah. And at the end of it, too, he starts talking about where it's like, what, why, why are you still signing deals? Right. Like it's 2017. You don't need to sign a deal, record deal, to be a successful musician. You can just you can throw yourself on SoundCloud, and if you can, even if you're good enough at promoting yourself on Twitter, you don't have to um, be in control of the record companies. And then, like he's just saying, like you, you're gonna start stunting, you're gonna just try and like stunt, uh, ball out, but you're still like behind on your taxes, right? It's very it's interesting to see like Jay essentially being like, nah, just like getting as much money as you can and spending it on clothes and all that isn't the right way to be successful. It's building generational wealth. It's playing capitalism to where you can succeed. And then you flip the system for yourself. Right. Instead of like just complaining about the system and not caring and just like blowing whatever you get. Cause it doesn't matter. Right. It's like, I think essentially like the anti anarcho statement. <laughs> it's like, just play instead of like take down the system when you're not even in it. Like, it's play the system till you get on the top and then take it down from the inside out. Yes. Yeah, it's just, uh, it says, you know, the line about taxes, uh, uh, that's real talk when you're behind on your taxes and you pawned all your chains and they run off with your masters and took it to Beverly Hills. So yeah. So it's, it's, it's just talking about how, you know, like you, you gotta be wise with your, with, with your earnings here. Um, it's a good message, I suppose, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like play the system for yourself. Uh, investments. Uh, he talks a lot about you know how the the line about making two million, uh, buying a painting for a million and then becomes worth like two million stuff like that. Oh yeah, and then like the and then in the next verse he's like, you can call the you can call that bougie, you can call that the bourgeois, but I'm just trying to build wealth. Like he's playing, he's essentially like it's back to like my earlier point, right? Of playing the system, right? Because it's like he recognizes that like some modernist art painting that looks like maybe a five year old could have drew it. Like I don't know, I don't high art is something I don't care to understand because it's mostly stupid. It's it's just like you play 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 the high class, play the elites, play like all the liberals, all those all those high high elites, right? And then just flip them and then just sell it back to them for eight million in a couple of years because they think it's cost more. That that's that's how you that's how you become successful. You play the system for yourself, and you bring up yours. Yeah. So yeah, this Jay Z is just just he's just he's a lot of advice in this uh, in this album as a whole. A it's of, just a lot of real shit, right? Yeah. Also, like the last track. Uh, oh, legacy. Legacy. Uh, this is this is like this is like a sort of a well sort of like a like a, it's talking about like. Uh, and the intro starts off with Blue Ivy uh, just asking Daddy, what's a well? Uh, which, is, which I thought was cute. Uh, but yeah, so like take these money and spread it across families, you know, stuff like that. So it's it's really about talking about generational wealth. That's the key. Uh, my parents didn't have shit, so that shift started with me. So yeah, this just the message as a whole is, is about generational wealth uh, and how that's important. And it's, yeah, it's just like take what you got, spend some, and invest the rest. Also, I love how he, he gives a raw, he gives a nod to Afrotech. Um, so, going back to the computers thing, right? Hitting all the points. Afrotech is a, was a conference in the uh, Bay Area last year for bringing up um, black startups, black entrepreneurs, and black uh, just technologists in general. 
And so, like, there's a – in the first verse, it's that's major, just like the Negro League. There's a time America wouldn't let us ball. Those times are now back, just call, just now called Afrotech. And so it's good. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Jay-Z recognizes, like, yeah, tech, uh, that technology is, is now the new, new currency, new power here. Uh, and, yeah, Afrotech. Uh, I didn't know about Afrotech, but that's, that's cool to know. Yeah, so this album just uh, like I, like if you mentioned to me that I would be listening and enjoying a Jay Z album in the year of our Lord twenty seventeen, um, I would have laughed at you. But here we are, and it's which what year is this? What year is this? it's uh, the whole album? It's good. It's concise. It's tight. You know, only ten tracks. Um, if you buy the physical, you get Adness, which I really want to listen to because it, it was a track they're using to uh, promote the album. It comes out in the it comes with the physicals. It's just very good. Like we didn't even touch on he he addresses some of the stuff that happened in Lemonade, um, in in the track in the title track four forty four. It's all, it's just a great album. I'm happy that we're getting. You know, we got shit like uh, Lil Yachty's new thing, but we also got Kendrick's new album this year. We got Jay's new album, and it's all they have like. I kind of want to relate them to maybe not a documentary, but like the impact of an HBO special, right? Like it's high culture. It's, it's like, it's so weird though. Right. Because so there's like some shows and some movies and all that sort of stuff that everyone just like goes wild for, but you kind of need to be like, it's like they make the expectation that you have like a certain amount of education or some like some bullshit pretensions behind it right but the stuff that like kendrick and jay are doing and things like moonlight and all that right these are all records that even if you're just a kid in high school you can still recognize the importance of them and there's something you can pull from it right and i just appreciate that yeah i definitely appreciate this album a lot uh i might just buy the physical if when it comes up because i want i want to support this kind of work it's this is this is kind of important in my opinion this kind of uh sort of introspective albums from artists that are sort of uh like late in their careers and like are retiring or whatever uh it's it's kind of important i think to bring some perspective into the modern sort of hip-hop uh genre and i think that's that's what something worth supporting with that i think we're gonna end this week's episode uh, unless you have something else to say um no that's it um as always you can find us on mastodon i am at chose fine at boys.computer you know the uh, fake hashtag discourse spinner and where can people find you static uh, uh you can find me also on mastodon at static safe at mastodon.zombocloud.com and as always you can find the show notes at two shades of brown.com and with that goodbye bye